Hey, this is Todd and Julie Mullen, senior pastors here at Christ Fellowship Church in South Florida. Whether you're across the street or across the world, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy week to join for this message. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you to get more out of life. Well, good morning, Palm Beach Gardens and Christ Fellowship everywhere. Uh, What I love about this day, Sunday, January 1st, 2023, the beginning of a new year, and it's a Sunday. And so we get to kick off this brand new year on a Sunday in the house of God or wherever you might be worshiping with us from at Christ Fellowship everywhere with some worship and the ability to turn to the word of God. There's not a better way to start the year. And if you're like me, you also spent some time recently looking back on last year, 2022. Now, the older I get, the faster my years seem to go by. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed that to be true with you as well. Larry, you're raising your hand. You're like, yeah, I know. The older I get, the more time seems to fly. And if we look back on 2022, we're probably, there's some excitement in us to say, finally, it's over. I'm not sure inflation is over, but uh, we'll see. Uh, Maybe it was a year of transition for you. Maybe even a year of isolation where you found yourself maybe being a little neglected or rejected or forgotten or alone. I don't know if there's some moments in 2022 that you wish you could do over or do without. There's a moment in 2022 that I wish I could do over that my family could do without. My wife and I were playing pickleball You know where this is going. We were playing pickleball. I'm not a great athletic man, if you don't know. I am not very coordinated or skilled, but my wife, who played uh, softball all of her childhood and her teenage years, in fact, she played softball for the US military. I mean, she is athletic, she is coordinated, she is gifted. But on the pickleball court this year, she tripped, she fell. She busted her shoulder. She has a type three ligament tear sprain in her shoulder and she is almost on three months of recovery. If we could do over, if we could go back to 2022, to the moment that we were asked to play pickleball, we would have said, no. (laughs) You probably have a moment as you look at last year, you would go, no, I don't wanna do that again. Or maybe there was a moment last year that you wish you could relive that you could do it again. Uh, You you know the feeling of when you see something on social media, a moment that's captured and you watch it, and then there's this option to watch again, and to watch again, and to watch again because it's so funny or it's so so emotional that you just wanna watch it over and over again. I've got a moment in my life this year that that I would love to just maybe maybe live in it one more time. It, It just happened a week ago, Sunday, December 25th. We left Fort Lauderdale at 5 a.m. We were surprising my family in Syracuse, New York. We flew into Albany. We drove from Albany to Syracuse. My family had no idea that we were coming. And we burst into my mother's living room surrounded by my siblings and my aunt. Our entire family was there. And, and I popped in and just said, Merry Christmas. They had no idea it was coming. And, and my sisters, they jumped out of their seats. They started screaming and shouting, but my brother was on the couch going, no, no, what's he doing here? And we captured the whole thing on video and I've watched it again and again. I would love to relive that moment. But there's something about time. We can't go back and do it over. 
We can't go back and relive it. See, once we spend our time, it's gone. And time is different than money in a sense, right? Because when you spend money, you have the opportunity to make more money. But when you spend time, there's no opportunity to make more time. And when we spend time, it's spent on something that is received in the immediate, just like money. When you spend money immediately, you get that delicious meal or that new pair of shoes or that new car. When you spend it, it's immediate. But when you invest money, there's an opportunity that you have to hope and look for an ROI, a return on your investment. Well, the same could be true about our time. That we actually don't have to spend our time in this new year, that we actually can invest our time. And when we invest our time, it has the opportunity to make those moments that we wanna redo less frequent. And the moments that we wanna live in more valuable to us. Today, I wanna talk about the importance of time. And people say funny things about time, don't they? Uh, Some people you know, they're just killing time, just killing time. You can't kill time. Uh, Some people say they're saving time, they're saving time. You can't save time. Time is always ticking, tick ticking away. Just ask Flava Flav, he wore a clock to remind us about the importance of time, right? People say funny things about time, but the scriptures actually speak about time in a much more serious way. Ephesians chapter five, uh, Paul, the apostle says this about time in 15 and 16, he says this, look at this. He says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Paul saying, hey, hey, listen, church at Ephesus, Christ Fellowship, Christ Fellowship everywhere. Be careful how you walk. And think about what he said. He said, not be careful about how you run, but like, careful how you walk. Because the days are evil, make the best investment of your time. Because time, once it's spent or invested, it's gone. The scripture says more about time. I I love what James says about time. He says, what is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Take a real good look here. Ready to see your life? Your life is but a mist. Here for a moment and then it vanishes. Bob. Take, take, lean in now. Here you go, right here, Bob, right here. Patty, you just saw Bob's life. And you've been living with this man every day. But Patty, right here. You're welcome, Bob. Scripture is serious about time. It says your life, my life is but a mist here for a moment and then it vanishes. The Psalmist David said this about our life, oh Lord, make me know the end, my end. Uh, and, And what is the measure of my days? Let me know how fleeting I am. Behold, you have made my days a few hand breaths and my lifetime is as nothing before you. Surely all mankind stands as a mere breath. Selah, which Selah means to pause, to think about, 
think about that for just a moment. Our lives are but a mere breath. Now in Florida, we don't get to see our breath, but I just got back from New York. <laughs> my wife and I got off the plane in Albany. We walked off the plane and on the jetway, what did we see? <sighs> our breath, a great reminder, not only how cold it is, but how short our life is, how short the time is that we've been given. But today I wanna anchor in a text of scripture found in a prayer of Moses. It's actually the only psalm that is attributed to Moses. It's found in Psalm 90, verse 12. And it was Moses' prayer in Psalm 90 that I actually want to instill in us today that would become a prayer that we would pray this year, this January 1st, 2023, into this year. So I wanna actually read this prayer together. Can we read it out loud together? So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Moses, his words are chosen carefully and astutely. His, his words are teach us to number our days. Moses doesn't say number your years. That'd be easier. Number your months, your weeks. No, no, no. He says, number your days. Why? Because our days are so few that they truly can be counted. Now, oftentimes, we count things in life that don't really matter. All my baseball fans know about StatCast, right? Because StatCast comes on during a baseball game. It'll tell you how far Aaron Judge hit his home run, the exit velocity in which it left the ballpark. Like we measure some things at times that don't really matter. And often in life, we measure things in years. Uh, like when we're a child, we, uh, kids especially today, they're measuring the years until their parents give them their first cell phone. They're like, I'm nine now, but in three years when I'm 12, I'm going to get my first phone. And if you have a nine-year-old with a phone, I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> uh, uh, when, when we were young, we would count down the years till we got, there was a working permit. I, I had to get a working permit when I was growing up to be able to get my first job. I remember when I was 12 or 13 years old, just going, Two more years till I get my working permit, my working papers. Or we counted down the years to our driver's license when we could get that, or we counted down the years till we could vote or graduate college in our adult life, or counting down the years to retirement, right? We count down the years. But scripture actually encourages us to not count our years, but to count our days. Here's the problem. We overestimate our years and we undervalue our days. You and I, we overestimate our years, what we can accomplish in a year. And some of us, we look back on 2022 and we, we overestimated what we could accomplish in a year because I think we undervalued what we could accomplish and achieve in one day. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So how do we number our days? Well, I know it's January 1st, it's Sunday, we're not in school, some of you have graduated, you don't wanna do arithmetic or a math equation today, but we're gonna do some math. You ready? Okay, here's the deal. In the same Psalm that Moses wrote, Psalm 90, a few verses earlier, he makes this prediction about our lives. This is what he says. He says, the years of our life are 70, or even by reason of strength, 80, 
yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. Moses gives a prediction that the span of life is about 70 or maybe by strength 80 years old. Now, I'm not going to point out anybody in the room today, but um, some of us are knocking on 70 or 80 and by the grace of God, even beyond. But Moses knew what he was talking about when he told us the length of our years, because even today, the average person in America lives to be about 78 years old, 78, with all of our medications, with all the doctor's care, with all the Florida sunshine, about 78 years old. So I did some math. And I used Moses' 80 because I didn't want America's 78. I wanted those two extra years. So I started looking, ran some numbers. I've got about 37 and a half years of life left. A little sobering, a little sobering. For some of you, probably more. For others of you, a little bit less. That came down to me to be... Uh, how many? Uh, 13,687 and a half days of life left. I got 13,687 days according to Moses. And the good Lord willing, and if the creek don't rise, I'll do that. I'll experience that. So I want to do a little time audit. Uh, I want to look at time just a little bit today, but it's easier to look back on time and to measure some things. Like I can look back to April 1st, 2009 probably doesn't mean much to you, but it means a whole lot to me. It was my first day on staff at Christ Fellowship 5,023 days ago. Yeah. 5,000, yeah. yeah. Cool. But I, I look back on another day, November 2nd, 2002. 7,365 days ago, Rhonda became my wife. 7,365 days. And she tells me every day feels like a brand new day. She loves all 7,365 of those days, right? But it's easy to look back and to be able to count the days backwards. It's much more difficult to look ahead. But when Moses said, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom, he was encouraging us to look ahead, to look at the amount of life that we've been given and to consider that, that we may gain and get a heart of wisdom. So I've got about 37 and a half years left. But parents, I, I, I want you to think about it this way. I want you to think about your child's life. From the time your child was born until the time your child is 18, graduates hopefully, goes to college hopefully, you have 936 marbles, I mean weeks, with your child in your home. 936 weeks. Just to do the numbers by days for you, that is 6,552 days as a parent that you get to influence your child with not how you spend time with them, but how you invest time with them. By the time your child turns nine, by the time your child turns nine, over half the marbles are gone. And some of you are saying, Dave, I lost my marbles a long time ago raising my children. <laughs> but by this time, you only have 3,000 
236 days left before your child leaves your home. In another couple of years, your child's gonna turn 15, start driving, 16, get their license, and you'll have roughly 1,092 days left with your child before they leave your home. The time that you and I have in this life and the time that we have to influence those around us is limited time. And it's time that should be invested, not time that is spent without consideration or investment. And when you see how much time you have left, you tend to do more with the time that you have now. And so this January 1st, 2023 message is a sobering one, but it's also not meant to depress you, but to impress upon you the importance and the gift of time that you and I have been given. Because the time that we have been given is one that should make a difference, not only in the children that are around us and the life that we live, but in everyone who encounters us. Now for just a moment quickly today, for those of you that are pushing, pushing the 70s, 60s, 80s, can I just encourage you? Abraham was 75 years old when God put a dream in his heart and a vision in him that one day he would give birth to a son and be the father of many nations. He'd be 100 when Isaac was born. Joseph in the Old Testament lived to be well over 100 years old and was used mightily in Egypt and the recovery of his family in his older years of life. Joshua, the mighty man of God, was used mightily. Anna was 84 years old, widowed, before she would hold the Christ child in her arms in Luke's gospel and be a part of the greatest story that's ever been told. And so whether you have a lot of time before you or a little time before you, let's make the most of our time. Let's invest it. And I wanna challenge you in three ways to invest in your time this year so that whatever withdrawals come your way during the day, you're gonna have everything to give in those moments. So the first investment that I wanna encourage you to make today is a real, real spiritual one, I promise. It is super spiritual, but at first you're gonna be like, oh, come on, I didn't come here for that. But no, I, I, I wanna encourage you in this area. Greg, here it is, first investment. I need you to invest in your sleep. You heard me right. I, I want you to get some rest. I, I, I want you to, to sleep. Uh, I, I need you to get some sleep, trust me. You are easier to be around when you are rested. You're nicer, you're more controlled, you're healthier, you smile more. You are not yourself when you haven't rested. Now, I, I want you to know that, that your sleep has been under attack. It has. And it's been under attack not by anxiety or fear or frustration. Of course, those things can keep you up, but it's more simpler than that. Your sleep is under attack because of a man named Thomas Edison who developed a light bulb in 1879. And in 1879, all of a sudden, the average person went from 10 hours of sleep a night to less than seven. How many of you would love to see 10 hours of sleep? 
right? You'd love to see that. And you're like, Dave, what in the world does this have to do with church, January 1st, my relationship with the Lord, everything, everything. We just celebrated a God who gives us great gifts in his son, Jesus. He's given us the gift of of hope and the gift of joy and the gift of, of peace and the gift of love, but he has also given you the gift of sleep. Did you know this? Like, he loves to give you sleep. Look, look at this verse, it's found in Psalms 127, verse two. Here's what it says. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he, God, loves to give his beloved sleep. David, God loves to give you sleep. And for some of us, we need to live in the limits of our rest. I find it interesting in the creation account of how God actually describes the beginning of a day. The beginning of a day, a 24 hour span, many of us look at it like this, that we have our morning and we have our evening. But when you read the creation account of scriptures, this is actually not how a day is formed. In fact, in Hebrew culture, and when we read the Old Testament, a day begins in the evening and runs all morning long. Look at Genesis chapter one. Genesis chapter one, verses three and five, and it says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning on the first day. Your day begins in the evening. And the best part of your day is the most restful part of your day. And there has been study after study about the impacts of sleep deprivation, what it does to your body. There was a professor from the University of Oxford that says this, he said, uh, this is Professor Foster, he said, the lack of sleep damages a whole host of skills, empathy, processing information, the ability to handle people, but right at the top of the chain, you get overly impulsive, impaired in your thinking because of this problem. You need to receive the gift of God who loves to give his beloved sleep. So how do you do it? How do you get some more sleep this year? Well, for some of you, you don't eat two hours before bed. That's gonna be a good start because that pizza you eat just before going to bed is gonna give you some dreams. It's gonna keep you up late at night. You're gonna turn off the lights. You're gonna say, Thomas Edison, not today. I'm not gonna live beyond my limits. Or maybe even you're gonna put your phone in another room altogether. I could read you study after study of what the illumination of the blue light behind your phone does to you and how it stir, uh, stimulates your brain at night and it makes it much more difficult for you to sleep. But what if, what if, you, what if you fasted your phone from sunset to sunrise? Pastor, that sounds radical. Like, <laughs> how am I gonna know who won the game? How am I gonna play Wordle before I get out of bed? Like, I get it, I get it. But you need to get your sleep. The second investment that I believe you need to make is an investment in yourself. An investment in yourself. Just three areas quickly under this, under this area of self. First thing would be is that you need to invest in yourself physically. Physically. 
that you need to care for your life. It is a spiritual discipline to care for your life if you're going to make it to 70 and by strength, Moses said some 80, and many of you are living beyond that. I guarantee it's partly because of how you have cared for yourself physically. You've considered what you eat, what you drink, your exercise routine, and study after study tells us how much exercise benefits us and puts us in a mood that actually makes us feel better about life, feels better about our family, feel better about our job, all because we chose to exercise. I mentioned this week, I was uh, in New York with my family and my oldest sister, she sent me a text the second to last day that we were there. She said, hey, would you like to join me for a walk tomorrow at the lake? Syracuse, New York. (laughs) At the lake. Snow on the ground. 34 degrees outside. Would you like to join me? Do you think I want to join you for a walk at the lake? But being the amazing brother that I am, I said, sure. She says, how does 7.15 start? (laughs) Sound. I'm on vacation, people. Sure, I'd love to take a walk with you at the lake. And as we were walking at the lake, we were talking about life. And she actually, just out of nowhere, she's like, you know, when I don't walk, I feel it. My days, they're a little longer. They're a little bit more rougher. But when I get out here and do this, this is where I talk to God. This is where I commune with him. I, I feel better about my life. I feel better about my day. You need to care for yourself physically. Paul told Timothy this. He, he said to Timothy this. He said, for while bodily training is of, a, of some value, godliness is of value in every way. It holds a promise uh, for the present life, but also for the life to come. Yes, Paul was emphasizing the importance for godliness and training, but he did say that there's some physical value, that there is some value in training your life now exercising and doing it. Some of you, you need to work on yourself physically. Others, it needs to be relationally. You need to make an investment in your life relationally. Parents, this year, like this, this needs to be the year. This needs to be the year for the daddy-daughter date. This needs to be the year for the, the mother-son adventure. This, this needs to be the year of, of, of drives to school without the radio on, but conversation happening. This needs to be the year relationally in your family for those prayer times and devotions. Husbands, this needs to be the year for the routine date night, the vacation that you've been putting off because you don't have time. This is the year to invest relationally in your life. For some of you, this is the year to go deep in community at Christ Fellowship, to, to jump into a group, to take a class, to, to grow relationally. The Christian walk was not made to be one in isolation, but together in a journey. You need to invest in your life relationally. Thirdly, in this area of investing in yourself creatively. You need to invest in yourself creatively. See, in this room, I think there are some dormant dreams. There are some things that God has put in you because you were made in his image. You were made in the image of the creator to create. There's there's some artwork in this room yet to be created. There's a book yet to be written. There's a garden yet to be planted. There is a dream yet to be fulfilled. There is a creative outlet in you that you need to make time for it in your life or you're gonna be like this next year going, I wish I would have. I wish I would have went to school. I, I, I wish I would have planted that garden. I, I wish I would have begun to write that book. I wish I would have begun to, to paint that painting. 
Don't be that person. Invest in yourself creatively. And listen, this is not about perfection in these areas. It's just about progress. It's just about one day at a time. A little bit of care physically, a little bit of care relationally and creatively. So, so how would you even do that? Well, you need to make, get a plan. You need to get a plan to care for yourself physically. You need to make an appointment with yourself. That way, Manny, when somebody's like, hey, can you grab coffee with me Tuesday morning at 7.30 at Starbucks? You could say, no, I, I, actually, I got an appointment. Because you have an appointment with yourself. Because you're going to be in the gym that day at 7.30. Because you're going you're to work on a creative outlet. You need to get a calendar, get a plan, make some investments in yourself to black to block your calendar. And lastly, today, this last investment, which I think is actually the most important investment for all of us to make every day in this coming year, and that's to invest, for you to invest in your soul. Church, listen to me. Your soul is your soul responsibility. I'm not responsible for your soul. Pastors Todd and Julie are not responsible for yours. You are responsible for the condition of your soul. And too often in this life, we spend more time thinking about our spending account, our savings account, that we fail to examine our soul account. How is your soul? And Jesus said, what would it profit a man if he was to gain the whole world yet lose his own soul? Don't lose your soul. Invest in your soul. How? How, how do I invest in my soul? How, how, do, I, how do I work in my soul, my, my spiritual walk with the Lord? Well, I think the greatest way to invest in your soul is solitude and silence. We get uncomfortable when things get quiet. But God loves when you quiet yourself before him. And if you want to invest in your soul this year, you need to make a commitment to spend time in his presence and in solitude and silence. Oh, you don't know all my life. You don't know how busy I am, Pastor Dave. You don't know the appointments, the clients, the kids, all the things that are before me. You're right. I don't know your life. I don't know how busy you are. I don't know how many people are calling your name before you even get out of bed. I don't know. But what I do know, if you don't make time to invest in your soul, you'll lose it. You'll lose it. Even Jesus, even Jesus found out and modeled before us the importance of caring for our souls. In Mark's gospel, in Mark chapter one, it, Mark opens up, there's so many miraculous accounts of Jesus in Mark's gospel. And so he tells us, Mark records for us all that's happening in Jesus' ministry that day. He's at someone's home late into the evening, miracles are happening, people are all over the place. I mean, it's crazy. But in Mark chapter one, verse 35, Jesus wakes up. So we even know that Jesus slept. And if Jesus slept, <laughs> you need to sleep, right? But it says that Jesus woke early in the morning, Mark 1:35, And while it was still dark, he departed and he went to a desolate place where he prayed. 
Even Jesus needed some soul care. Even Jesus needed some time of silence and solitude and time alone before the Father. And if he did, how much more this year do you and I need to? And why does this matter? Because those do-overs that we'd like to do from 2022, they don't have to be do-overs this year. If we've invested in our sleep and we've taken care of ourselves, and most importantly, if our soul is full, and our soul is at peace and our soul is at trust with God. Every day is a gift. A wise man once said that yesterday is the past, tomorrow is the future, and today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. And today, January 1st, 2023, May the Lord teach you to number your days that you may gain a heart of wisdom. I challenge you this year to commit to making Moses' prayer your prayer. This Psalm 90 verse 12 would appear on your uh, lock screen on your phone or a a post-it note in your house or an email that you send to yourself next week. Schedule send. Remind myself to teach me to number my days that I I may get a heart of wisdom. That you're going to work this week, that you'd commit to grabbing hold of your calendar to make some time. That you would look at your life, the span of your life, I'm not asking you to run the numbers, but if the numbers are true and you live to be about 78, 80 years old, you're gonna spend 26 years asleep. You need to get the rest that God wants to give you, that you wouldn't run into this year frustrated, but you'd run into this year full of expectation of what he's gonna do in you and through you. I wanna invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes today. If you're here and you would say, Pastor Dave, this message, investing in my my family, investing in my time, it all makes sense, but, but I know I haven't invested myself in the most important relationship. That's my relationship with God. If that's you today, on this day, January 1st, you need to begin or restart your relationship with God. And I want you to know this isn't mystical or magical. It's really easy to do, to be able to commit your life to him, to surrender your life to him, to, that your soul would be at rest finally and ultimately in him because your relationship with him is everything that it needs to be. But if you're here today and you would say you're unsure of that, but you want to know, you want to know that you're in right relationship with God, the Bible makes it clear for us. Paul says it this way in Romans He says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus died and rose again, you will be saved. The greatest condition of your soul today is knowing that you're saved. And if you're here and you would say, I don't know that I'm saved, I wanna lead you in a moment where you can know it, that you can confess it, that you can believe it. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you would say, Dave, I wanna wanna commit my life to Christ today. I wanna know that I'm saved. I wanna give him my life. I wanna trust him with all that I am. Would you just raise your hand? If that's you today, I wanna know who I'm praying with and praying for. Yes, I'm seeing hands across the room today. You're just committing to beginning or restarting your relationship with Jesus. Yes, hands up throughout the room today. Thank you. You can put your hands down. I wanna pray this prayer out loud and together. This is this act of confession. And so even if you're watching at Christ Fellowship everywhere, I want you to pray this prayer with me too if it's meaningful for you today. Say, dear Jesus, 
I know I need you. I believe in you. I believe you died and that you rose again. I give you my life. Forgive me of my sins and fill me with your spirit. I am yours and you are mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, let's celebrate those that made that decision today. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you again for spending time with us today. If you're looking to take a step in discovering the more that God has in store for you, just text the word podcast to the number 441-441 and select the option that applies to you. And if you enjoyed this message, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. A special thanks to those of you who generously give to all that God is calling us to do together. It's because of you that everything that we do is possible. We'll see you right back here for next week's message.